Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Oh, man. My daughter learned to crawl out of her crib. I know. I feel like Morgan Freeman in Shawshank Redemption. Sierra woke up one day and had some ideas about how the rest of her life was going to go. She just threw that little leg, not little, it's a big, long leg, over the side of the crib. And she's like, watch me go. And so I immediately made it into a toddler bed, which I immediately regretted as maybe the worst decision of my life because she's too little and she doesn't want to stay in it. And I paid the price last night. Where is she trying to go? Anywhere in particular? Anywhere. Just off. Anywhere that's inconvenient. And so you're sleeping and then you just, the dog will growl because someone's in the house And you look out and there's just this little girl in her matching pajamas holding all of her pillows and all of her blankets standing in the hallway. She likes to carry them around. And so you bring her back to the bed and I get in the bed with her all the while thinking like, is this the wrong thing? Are these not, you know, should you not get in the bed? Is that their space? She moves around so much. I finally, we have an adult sized bed in her room from when the nanny lived here. So I'm like, well, I'll take her in that bed with me. We've never slept together thinking at least she's in her room. Yeah. And I will say this, like it was awful because every five minutes she's moving, she's kicking, her leg is flailing. She's talking, she's saying every word she knows. So all six of them. (laughs) Daddy, mommy, nana, baby. And they're like, I'm like, go to sleep. And I do all the soothing things. And I say goodnight, moon. And then I list all the family we're saying goodnight to only to have her be like, baby. And you're like, oh my God. And so I put my arm over her to like get her to stop moving. And she wants to be up on me and near me. And it was the first time in my life. Like, you know how you snuggle your animals or a loved one or like a life-size cutout of Catherine Zeta-Jones? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> She was like in my neck and she was just going, mommy, mommy. Like she just needed. And I was like, oh my God, like that's the snuggle I've been trying to get from an animal my whole life. Mommy. And I was like, oh, like this is my, my arm's asleep. This is so special. But uh, yeah, I am not in peak form this morning. No. Mommy. Mommy. Is she now having a nice nap from her big night? No. 
She's the Energizer Bunny, or as I said on Jeopardy, the Duracell Rabbit. She is up. She's having her walk. She's just like, oh, I ruined your night. Sorry about that. Anyways, I'm small. (laughs) Why is it that babies all know how to say baby? Is it like because you're telling them what they are? Is it because they have a toy? You're telling them. It's what they are. And you're always pointing out that's another baby. This is a baby. At her swimming lessons, they have a little plastic baby. (gasps) She's she's a baby. Well, that's putting it strong. She's not swimming, but she is. She's doing the work. (laughs) But it is cute that like a baby, and I do think it's a thing we do to girls. I'm not saying like, hold your baby. I'm saying like, there's another baby. You Mm -hmm. know, I'm not like, you should have a baby. (laughs) (laughs) You're just telling her where she ranks in the hierarchy of things. Exactly. (laughs) There's the doggy and the baby. There's the mom. Everything I show her, I'm like the mommy and the baby. Everything's a mommy and a baby. (laughs) I think it's very cute. (gasps) Me and the baby. Mommy and baby and a tianfu. The Chenier. Anyway, that was just the last 24 hours. So I also thought this week's episode would be me and my dad. And then on the podcast, he was like, it's a Father's Day episode. And I was like, okay, well, I guess we'll just say that (laughs) and do one. (laughs) Do you notice that when you scroll mindlessly through TikTok or Instagram, like your brain feels bad later? Mm, Yeah, I mean, my brain... Always feels kind of bad. That's I. I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> I just I, there is a clear distinction between my mental health before, during, and after. Not even before, because there's always an after that's before. But that's during the thing. and then after. I don't have a baseline to compare it to because I'm always scrolling something, so I can't. You know, it's it's not good when I do it. It's not when I'm bored. It's like oh, I've got nothing. I'll just keep scrolling. I feel just filled with trash and it makes me dislike people because you have access to like the world's dumbest people. And I really, I gotta, I gotta figure out a way to work on that. Cause, um, yeah, I I shouldn't, I, I shouldn't be able to memorize this much zeitgeist. Like I, you don't need to know like what a Stanley mug is. You don't need to see how many Wait. dumb women have horrible eyelash extensions. I don't need to see all these guys doing like Monday motivational money speeches with tattoos of fucking lions on their pecs. Like have trash. Have you gotten to the part of TikTok where it's women with those Stanley mugs making different flavors of water? And it's just I know of them. syrup. They put in, they're like, this is my cotton candy water. And they pump in, they have like eight gallons of water. They pump in like 50 squirts of this flavor syrup. They have a whole coffee bar of syrups. And something about it feels very much more like an eating disorder and Mormon. (laughs) And it just is And when I say Mormon, folks, it's because of all their sodi shops, which I've talked about on here. So go find that episode. You got to have a something. Got to have something. Sometimes you see these guys... (laughs) online that are like, I get up at 4.30, I do the first workout. Then I eat one pound of protein. Then I do my affirmation. Then I go, and you're like, just have a beer <laughs> or just have sex. <laughs> then I read the, then I like do all this weird shit. Then I do my fish workouts. And you're just like, just the things that people do because they don't have access to basic pleasures like a buzz or a female touch. You always see these guys on Instagram in like Dubai who have like white tigers on chains and like silver Audis 
And I'm like, have fun at like your all male dance assembly. Like, you know what you really want is like fucking trans friendly Bud Light and a hot dog <laughs> and some tits. I would love a hot dog. And I would love a white tiger if it was safe, but it's not. Yeah. Just know the touch of a woman. It's no secret that fast fashion and the demand for fashion in general is helping to wreck our planet while introducing Newly. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month, access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing. And they have fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state of the art laundering facility, plus the option to buy what you love. I gifted Newly to a friend whose daughter works in an office where you have to be presentable and it's trendy. She gets to try out stuff. She always looks fresh at work. She always looks cute. And when she's done with it, which we usually are after wearing something for a while, she can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code ELIZA20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's. And under the code ELIZA20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com. Newly with two U's with code ELIZA20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. I'm busy. And this time of year gets even busier. I've had my baby. I'm back to work. I'm at meetings. I'm on tour. I'm running around. And I don't always have time to sit down for a meal with my family. Sometimes I get home from set so late and I just need to eat something nutritious and go to bed. And that's why I like Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals because they're dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy I am, and I'm busy, I always have time to get a nutritious, great tasting meal. Factor has over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. Head to factormeals.com slash Eliza50 and use code Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Eliza50 at factormeals.com slash Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t-shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable, silk tops, hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Dressing well shouldn't break the bank. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Look well. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. Anyway, 
firing on one cylinder today, but we have the answers to your questions and we're getting to them. Yes. Okay. So we have an interesting, kind of a follow-up, kind of a new thing. My name is Katie, female 31. I just got caught up on the big ticket protein episode and it triggered a visceral response from me because I just got dragged on TikTok for my thoughts on potluck etiquette. The clip got a million views, but 80% of commenters hate me. So I'd love to know your thoughts. Oh, no. I Should went, we watch the TikTok? I don't know. They didn't share the TikTok, but they shared their, their story. I can't. Okay. I don't know how anyone could be against them. Okay. I went to a potluck birthday party. Rooftop in Hollywood. Pool party. 30 people in their 30s. The B-Day girl did a group text beforehand with the invite to claim what we all wanted to bring and coordinate so off to a decent start. I signed up for a charcuterie board and the day of ended up bringing two boards and two bottles of wine just in case because social anxiety. That's where things went south. I showed up and no one brought what they said (gasps) they were going to bring. And we ended up with 17 types of grocery store cookies for a pool party. Everyone cheaped out, and someone brought only a bag of ice. One guy said he was bringing beer and only showed up with a tall boy for himself. There was also my no (laughs) big-ticket protein provided by B-Day Girl, so everyone attacked my charcuterie boards like they'd never seen food before. So while my anger was at the group as a whole for shitting the bed on all that was planned, my rage turned to focus on one person for the following actions. One dude. Oh my God, I love this. This is what this podcast is for. Okay, I'll stop talking. I love I'm going to turn my mic off so everyone can enjoy this and settle into their holier-than-thou sleep sack. Go I ahead. love being mad, yeah. One dude that also brought a small box of grocery store cookies realized there was no food and ordered himself a pizza in the corner, never consulting with anyone in the group if we could all Venmo him and order multiple so everyone could have some. It arrived and he ate it with one friend while all of us immediately were craving pizza and wishing we had gotten in on it. He ate it in front of us and then I just took the L and ordered four more pizzas for the group. My thought was, if you're going to eat pizza alone in a corner at a party like a fucking weirdo, at least have the decency to think of the group or maybe maybe offer to get some for a few people, et cetera. Let us all pitch in. But TikTok said I'm being too hard on pizza guy and that you're only required to bring enough for yourself at a potluck or that we should have just cut the one small pizza into 30 pieces like a pizza meant for mice. Am I the asshole? How many portions should you bring to a potluck in general? Should we just oh cancel potlucks altogether? Thanks. Okay. Okay. First of all, (laughs) first of all, when you look at the people who are judging you on TikTok, never forget this is TikTok. So you are looking at people who were raised in barns, who are anonymous, who are the people I was describing earlier. You are being judged by your peers, but your peers are idiots. And I don't know what your algorithm is, but I'm guessing it's trash like mine. So that's what you're attracting. I doubt you're on like a a scholastic decathlon fan account or something. And I also wonder if it's because a guy, it's a guy who ordered it and misogynists like flock to the comment section. I bet if you had said it was a girl, they'd be like, burn her. Okay, here's, I can, there's one piece of this where I can see the other side and it's very vague and it's making a lot of assumptions. But if I was pizza guy, number one, I would never do that. But I would never trust those other people to Venmo me. I would never say, hey, let me put in a big order for everyone and then me have to try to collect money from a bunch of drunk 30-somethings on a rooftop pool. Well, 
Okay, that's making that's like an extended universe version of this story. Well, I'm just saying that's Venmo's why Venmo's immediate. It's right there. Right, but if you're that guy and you're ordering yourself a pizza, that's shitty. But yep. imagine trying to then corral everyone else. You should just buy four pizzas for everyone, just like our question asker did. That's the move. That's the hero. That's of the exactly party. right. Because like a Domino's pizza is probably is yeah. not expensive. I, I don't remember the last time I ordered one. The bigger issue is. It's a group of people, and I promise you they're in their early 30s, so you're basically overgrown 20-somethings. I can already feel what the building is. There are some buildings in Hollywood that are, like, newer. Hollywood's kind of known for its old historic buildings. This feels like one of those buildings that's a newer apartment complex, and it's like they think that you're at the Grand Budapest Hotel because it's, like, $2,500 a month for gym access. It's, like, all stainless steel cheap everything with like a pop of yellow. Like I can just feel that this is a cheap new building that's expensive. And I can feel like these people aren't really her friends. Nobody has like 30 best friends. This feels like it's my birthday. It's a rooftop. I'll just invite. These don't feel like close friends. And this will be one of the last parties like this you attend. If you had a friend there, you would, your friend would be also bringing good food because they're your friends with them. Yeah, so consider your crowd, consider your jury, consider your peers who are judging you. You're, you're, they don't have, I, I'm, the fact that people were mad at you for this, unless there's something I'm missing, is emblematic of what a shithole our country is and our society is, that people would get mad at you for this. That guy is trash. My friends have heard me rant about this so much <laughs> that I've struck fear in all of them. Like I had one friend show up. <laughs> Bonnie showed up with a tray, a beautifully put together tray of sliced bread and olive tapenade. Ooh. And she had had like a bad week at work. So she was like kind of sad. And she was like, I don't want you to be mad at me. And I was like, <laughs> Bonnie, I'm not going to be. She goes, it's just, I was going to make, then she explained what she was going to make. She's like, but I couldn't. So this is store-bought. I was like, again, folks, I'm not a tyrant. Store-bought <laughs> is fine. Just make it look nice. And a variety. Don't- and if I don't show up, we're too old, okay? Don't show up. My parents were there, so the median age, so so that those are two 68-year-olds, so that brings the average age up. Do not show up when we've purchased nice ingredients with a Trader Joe's thing with the sticker on it. I don't want to hear, like, what if they can't afford it? You can always afford a bottle of wine, a bag of ice, which, by the way, let's not understate the importance of ice. I'm okay ice that guy is okay, that. yeah. Ice guy's okay. You need, you don't realize you need ice until you need the ice. You can always show up with some, a fresh loaf of bread. I have no idea how much that costs, but it can't be that much. This is the price you pay for being included. I don't expect, you know, a 22 year old kid to show up with a bottle of expensive champagne, but you can bring something and everybody brings what they can. You can always home make something. You can always buy something nice And if you have to buy something shitty, you can put it on a plate. In the text thread, all these people said they were bringing various good things. And then all of them last minute showed up with cookies. And that's the real problem. That is the real problem. And people will get offended at this. And this was a lesson that took me a very long time to learn. When I was in my 20s, like every woman, I was really into baking. And so I would have these parties and I would bake a cake and I would bake cookies and I would bake all of these things and my friends would come and they were so sweet and I was probably the only one that owned a condo, so it was great. But nobody would eat this stuff because when people are drinking liquor, they want salty and they want savory. And so I had one friend that 
made homemade cookies, which again is inexpensive and it shows that you cared, but they went relatively untouched simply because most people, they're drinking soju and vodka and wine. They don't want that. One friend did bring an olive oil cake that at the time I was like, eh, I'm good. And then she was like, when you keep it, make sure you have it with your coffee. And I did. And it was life-changing. So get you an olive oil cake. There's a really frustrating thing about like, we're having a potluck and then people say, what can I bring? What do you need? And it's like, I don't know. I don't think we need dessert, but like the answer is whatever brings you joy to make or bring. If your thing is a macaroni salad, you love making it. I'm not going to eat it, but that's great. We had one friend who was Russian. He dropped off a bunch of like super authentic Russian food. I think it's always fun when people show up with like a mag, like something random, like a magnum of orange wine or oysters or just unique things. Wasabi caviar. I know these things sound, I mean, my husband's a chef, so his friends do this kind of stuff. Anyways, Noah smoked a pork shoulder and the house smelled like Christmas the entire day and it was outstanding and we ate it with Korean fixings. It's called Bosam. And I remember multiple spreads at parties I've been to at your house. I remember the potato tacos, no made. I remember a really good charcuterie board. I remember sandwiches of some, what are the sandwiches that you also had at your wedding? I feel like you had them at maybe your Christmas party. Pastrami. Pastrami. It's, it's as the host, you make a big ticket item and then people bring salads. My manager brought hot queso, which no one doesn't like. Right. And that was from a restaurant. Like it it was a clutch move. That's a good call. It's about putting a little bit of thought into it and bringing, we had a friend one time bring horseradish vodka. And I was like, that's cool. Honestly, if you showed up with a pack of 20 tacos from Taco Bell, that's like $10 or whatever, like people are going to be pumped. You just have to bring something, but you can't say you're going to bring something and then show up a grocery store cookies. Anyways, in conclusion, because I could talk about potlucks all day. (laughs) uh, These are not your friends anymore. I think you've outgrown them and you don't want to be stuck doing the heavy lift ever again. And those guys seem awful. Most men are not trained how to be in social situations. They probably didn't even respond to the text in the first place. But yeah, if you say you're going to bring something and people are counting on that, that's a great way for me to never talk to you again. Everyone's going to remember our question asker number one showed up with two charcuterie boards, two bottles of wine, and then ordered four pizzas for the group. Everybody's going to remember you. What's going on here? Why did you? No, they're not. They're going to be like, that's cool that there was food there. I deserve this. (laughs) Get new friends. This is LA. You're in your early 30s. These people are all going to soon disperse from your life. They'll get married or they'll move home or they'll do whatever. You're too good for these people. Yeah. Unless you felt guilty about something. Who'd you sleep with? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> mommy. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Big fan. Think you're all great, et cetera. Let's get into it. Kick it. I, 34, female, broke up with my girlfriend of four years, 39, female, in November. The situation I'm asking out wasn't the straw that broke the camel's back, but it certainly didn't lighten the load. My birthday is in October. I am notoriously difficult to buy gifts for. I'm a very practical person. Don't enjoy being gifted frivolous things that'll just sit around in drawers for years. Don't enjoy the typical or traditional girly gifts like beauty products, candles, flowers, etc. I'd much rather have a gift card or tickets to an experience as a gift. My ex always gave me a hard time for this, saying birthdays, V-Day, anniversaries, and Christmas were hard for her. She never knew what to get to me for me. So she would ask me to tell her exactly what I want. You'd think after four years together, 2.5 living together, she'd know me a little better than that, but there we were. Usually I wouldn't be able to tell her anything I wanted because I genuinely don't want or need anything. However, 
Last summer, I'd seen a couple of clips of a new London West End musical that I liked the look of. So that birthday, I'd been dropping hints that I wanted tickets. We lived in Kent, UK, so around 45 minutes on the train into London, which we did regularly for events or celebrations, and we'd often bought each other tickets as gifts in the past. She bought my tickets to your London show for our first Xmas together. Get back with her so she can buy them for the next show in December. (laughs) When she asked what I wanted for my birthday, I was happy to finally be able to answer that question and said the musical tickets were all I wanted. She often complained about not having much disposal income, so I checked, and the tickets started at less than 40 pounds. And I told her that was all I wanted. She didn't need to get me anything else. She said she also liked the look of it and was happy I told her something I actually wanted, and I excitedly waited to find out if she'd buy the tickets in advance so we could see the show on my birthday or if she'd gift the tickets on my birthday for a later date. My birthday came and went with no tickets and no mention of the tickets. She'd bought me a few other gifts, a new coat, a scarf, and some other bits I forget now. I don't want to be ungrateful for what she'd bought me, so I didn't ask why no tickets. A couple of weeks later, and she starts complaining she doesn't know what to buy me for Christmas and wishes I would tell her exactly what I want to make it easier for her. I said something to the effect of, I told you that I wanted for my birthday and you didn't get it, so what's the point of me telling you what I want for Christmas? She asked what, and I reminded her of the tickets. She replied with, there's a reason I couldn't get the tickets, bitch. (laughs) Period, bitch, not comma. Period. Bitch. I was so taken aback by the bitch, I turned back to what I was doing, washing the dishes and just let it drift in the air. I felt justified in pointing that out. I wouldn't have said anything as I didn't want to seem ungrateful, but I was insulted and she was accusing me of being difficult. When the one time I did tell her, she didn't use the information. I was also a little hurt she hadn't acknowledged that with me. A simple, I know you wanted those tickets, sorry I couldn't get them, would have gone a long way. I was also annoyed she hadn't had the thought that because she couldn't get me tickets for my birthday, she could get them for Christmas. I did oh later. Oh, my God. <laughs> I did no, no. Cut later. to the end. Come on. People are driving their cars off the road on I the went, correct side. I, but this is important. This person is giving info that we're going to ask in a second. I did right. later go Cheerio. back onto the theater website to see if I had missed something obvious as to why she couldn't get the tickets and was being unfair and expecting them. They were available with shows planned for several months, so plenty of flexibility on dates and still the same price. She had spent more on the gifts she'd bought me than she would have on tickets for the right. two of us. Okay. I never brought it up with her again. I didn't feel safe expressing my feelings or hurt to her, as in my experience, she didn't listen to me and return around and play the victim. We broke up a couple of weeks later. I've been going to therapy on and off for a few years, and it started again in September. Since the breakup, my therapist helped me understand my ex's behavior and why they triggered past traumas from my childhood. So I understand why I got upset about some situation more than others might have and have been able to move past some experiences. But this one still pops into my head every now and then, and I can't work out if I was a bitch for pointing out that she hadn't bought me what I asked. Love you guys and everything you do. Sarah, P.S. I have since bought tickets to see the show with my mom and sister in July. They live about three hours away, so we're making a weekend of it and having dinner in London before the show. You're like, no luck in getting my ex to Venmo me since this was the (laughs) gift I wanted. I am accused, not accused. My husband often says that I'm difficult to buy for. And unlike you, I don't own it. I'm like, what? You can just get me anything. He doesn't realize that anything he gets me, I don't even want anything. Anything is fine and I don't care. Um, You're difficult to buy for because you don't really want anything. So it's not as fun for someone to buy it for you. She, you guys were going to break up. 
Yeah. She probably had it in her head anyway. And she, whether that's like an act of defiance, she didn't get you those tickets because she was hoping to come up with something on her own. The fact that she didn't get you what you asked for. I mean, it's not a Christmas list. It's not your parents. So there might be, it's, it's kind of more intimate that she got you like a coat and a scarf. But I would look at the fact that you had this failure to communicate as an illustration of why you aren't together. And I wouldn't try to analyze it. Yeah. That's it. She's not listening. You're rarely saying what you want. You finally did one time. So she's probably saying like, okay, you said it like one time, but I don't have to get that. She probably wanted to figure it out on her own or forgot or just had the code already. But it doesn't matter. You don't need to go over because the right person would be like, great, I'm going to get this for you. And, and that would be that. Or they would ex- they would communicate why. So it doesn't actually matter. That's my answer. Yeah, although it is rude to call someone a bitch. Yeah, but you were about to break up. Wow. Like she was not in a good place. She didn't want to be in that relationship. And she's thinking like, hey, I bought you all this. Isn't that enough? Mm-hmm. It's rough that you pointed that out, but it's worth saying because you're like, well, I did tell you, you always call me difficult, right. which feels shitty. So this is just you guys coming. These are all very charged things. And it's not about any of this. This goes further back in your relationship. And like you said, into your own childhood, you both weren't being honest about your feelings. And this is how it ended. Yeah. Notes for next you broke time. Up. Yeah. Hello, but, Eliza. You know, get, get the next girl to get you tickets to my show. <laughs> Hello, Eliza, Emily, hot Scotty, and the cutest babies around, human and furry. Fellow elder millennial here. I moved into my first home last fall. I would love to know more about Eliza's home interior design style. I adore it and want to live in a minimalist home too. I grew up with a hoarding grandmother whom I love, but made me realize that holding on to practically everything isn't healthy and not the way I want to live. Anyway, could Eliza please share some information on her design aesthetics? Her dining set and light fixtures above it are so cute, and I would love to know the brand. P.S. I saw Eliza in Phoenix during the last tour, and she was phenomenal. Also picked up her signed book as a birthday gift to myself. Thank you, Megan. I love that, Megan. I fancy myself a minimalist, but, I mean, if, if you look in my office, I guess offices are allowed to be cluttered. If you look in any of my closets, I think having less things around makes for a— uh, a sharper mind, not lately, but makes for a sharper mind and it makes me feel more at peace. I will definitely tell you where I got everything. I have these like acorn, like mod acorn light fixtures. I'm pretty sure those are from Design Within Reach as are the chairs that I have. The chairs that I have, a lot of people have, they're like very public school looking chairs. Like it's like a big piece of plastic and then wood. I don't know how to describe it, but those are Design Within Reach and the table is from CB2 and is very heavy. And yeah. there's a crack in it that I can't fix. Uh, but that's it. It's just all about... I mean, some people feel calm when they look at less clutter. I'm one of those. Some people like a French countryside power-clashing hodgepodge. But when you were looking for stuff for your house, um, I know you had like a designer, but did you... Were you... Were there specific things you were Googling or did you just pull up a CB2 and start scrolling? Or were you searching like modern no, farmhouse? We went. You can, but like go to the store and just look around. I saw that table. I was like, that's the table. Like I love light colors. I just, Mm -hmm. there's certain things that will always speak to you. Some people love bold prints. I love light colors. I detest bold colors. You will almost never see me in like red. (laughs) I don't like a powerful color. I don't love a pop of color. I am deeply terrified of looking tacky. So I tend to do a lot of muted tones because those are harder to look bad. 
But, and this is uh, something now a couple people, including my mother, have said, I like whimsical, cute things. Mm-hmm. That's why my light fixture, without getting chintzy looking, that's why my light fixtures like vaguely look like acorns. That's why I have like a little pot that looks like a chubby person. That's why I have the bubble couch in my living room because it's and chunky. I like, got the mirror. That's whimsical. I like well-designed, whimsical, fat furniture. I like looking at chunky things. I think it should be fun while keeping it, you know, while not lining your your shelves with Hummel figures. That right. being said, since becoming a mom, like I've definitely purchased like a tiny little ceramic house and a painting of a chicken. So do it minimal. That way you can add crap later. But go like in eight person. eight paintings of your dog. Definitely go in person and look around because you will see stuff that online you're like, I could never. And then you're at CB2 and you, I saw a flip. Remember that? Looney Tunes character that was red, that was like all shoulders mm-hmm. and he didn't talk. Mm-hmm. I saw a chair that was white that looked like him. So I bought that chair. It's uncomfortable, but in the moment you're like, this is so fun. Yeah. it's You're supposed to have fun with it, but I do like whimsical. Even our nanny, she brought me these like wooden purple flowers. She was like, I know that you like cute, cute things. <laughs> you do. Like a, I do like a cute oh, thing. Those, I like a cute um, little. Did you have those like felt flowers? Yeah, I have these wool flowers that I get in Maine that are like made by women in Nepal, but they're, it's a bouquet that never dies and they're, and I have them. I think people don't like them. I don't know. So I've had the sexy house. I've had the house that's all glass, all metal, all cocaine, three stories high. That house was sick though. It was so much glass. So much glass. Like I had the time to be like the sexy newlywed, like partiers. And now it's time for chubby furniture, and a cozy dog bed. Let's settle in. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with someone. I definitely saw a therapist these last couple weeks because, you know, I spend my time giving advice to others, but I could use a little advice myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I'll tell you what, when you're already stressed or anxious, the last thing you want to do is battle traffic and sit in a waiting room and get your parking validated. I'm sorry, is that just an LA thing? You don't need to add all that. You can just sit in the comfort of your own home or a chair you like outside and you can talk to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time. No additional charge and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Eliza. When you ask someone what language they took in school, usually it's like with an eye roll. They're like, "Mm, French. It's like, do you speak French? No, I don't use it. I feel like a lot of us had difficulties learning a language in school. Rosetta Stone is here to change that. It's available on desktop and it can be used as an app on your phone or your tablet. Rosetta Stone are trusted experts for more than 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with an intuitive process and you can pick up any language naturally, first with with words, then phrases, then sentences. 
Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. That's right. You might even fool some locals into thinking you're one of them. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. I headed to Mexico City for a little vacation, and I used Rosetta Stone to brush up on my Spanish. Just a few things, a few verbs that I knew I had forgotten, and I was better. Mejor. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Ask Eliza Anything listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Eliza. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Eliza today. Hello, been listening to the pod since its inception and have never missed an episode. I've written in a few times about my sister's horrendous now ex-boyfriend. My last question answered was whether or not I should get him a Christmas gift. Anyway. Oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, you're back for seconds. And some people haven't even had firsts. Okay. Anyway, he finally broke up with her. He said he loves my sister but can't stand her six-year-old daughter who is an angel and not difficult at all, FYI, and doesn't want to be a stepdad to her, despite him being extremely verbally and we all suspect physically abusive. My sister is still devastated over this complete narcissist leaving her. She's a total shell of a person now, so brainwashed and left with zero savings because she financially supported him until he got a job. Every day she texts me how worthless she feels, how sad she is that he's gone, and how things might have worked out if she hadn't had a daughter. I want to to be the best sister I can be, so I've been spending more time with her, responding with encouraging texts, etc., but is honestly draining. She is in therapy, but really only has me and one other friend outside of that. My question is... Because she sucks, that's why. Yeah. How do I navigate being there for her while also protecting my own mental capacity? We all told her for years she should leave him, and of course she doesn't want to hear it now, but it's been really hard to be supportive during this time because she still refuses to recognize how terrible he is no matter what I say to convince her. Please help Madison. This is really tough. Do you want me to respond and you can just give your sister one of your AirPods so you can both listen to this? (laughs) First of all, your sister is upside down right now. And it's okay to not regret having... I mean, it's okay to have your feelings. And it's okay to think your kids are difficult. But this happens a lot where the the kid takes a backseat because the woman loves the man. I mean, this is... You see this all the time with like men molesting stepchildren and the, the mom just looks the other way. She's got to get her priorities straight. And I think the time has passed for you to be like, hey, you're really great. She's not going to stop being your sister. I might be a little too into like the tough love conversation, but I do think my friends come to me for this now. You can only do what you can do. And then she's got to live her life. I'm sure you're worried about that little girl. I would offer more support to the little girl while mommy goes through a tough time because that little girl didn't do anything. But you need to have that come to Jesus with her. And maybe you bring the other friend and your mom And maybe there is an activity you can do, like a ropes course or a night out or something. But you can say like, you are, I hope she is, like beautiful, you are this, you are this, you are this, and you are ruining your life, setting a bad example for your daughter because you're letting this man decide how you should feel about yourself. Like her self-worth is so tied to him. I don't know what that comes, where that comes from. 
sure being a single mom is never like the best look ever and it's probably not a great feeling, but what's really tough here is, you know, this person feels an obligation to their sister and their sister definitely, the boyfriend definitely cut her off from everyone in her life. That's why she's not friends with anyone. Um, I don't know where the parents are in this, but let's say the mom, dad, whatever, aren't involved. It's just the sister. You want to be there for your sister, but the problem right now is her child in that she is sitting there going, I lost this because of my daughter. And that's a really- That's rough tough, resentful outlook to have. And, you know, we're just, I'm basing this on one email. Maybe that's not how she's talking, but it certainly sounds like that's how she feels. And if nothing else, the daughter is going to pick up on the fact that that guy didn't like her and he's gone because he didn't like her. And you owe more to that little girl than you do to your sister, I think, at this point. Your sister is, like, secondary in the Your sister's been brainwashed. Yeah. And you can try this tough love in this discussion, but, you know, You say to her, you and your daughter are one person. You are a package deal. And anyone that's going to love you is also going to love that little girl. And that man used the daughter as an excuse. Yeah. He never loved you. And you can be like, look at all the ways you helped him all the while he never loved you. Well, all the while. And it sounds like if she she was supporting him till he got a job. So it sounds like maybe he got a job. So he got a job and he didn't need her anymore. You can build your argument and then you can be like, I am focused on this little girl and what I can do for her and what we can do to build up your self-esteem, but I can't, it's not going to be built just by texting you about how great you are. Mm -hmm. Maybe your sister needs to go out and do something for herself. You have to try to open her eyes to how she's been like bamboozled, but you also might want to say to her, like, you are doomed to repeat this mistake if you will just take any guy who will assign your self-worth to you. Yeah. And I think you can do better than that. Yeah. I wonder also if you can expose her to like more people, like maybe invite her out when you're with your friends, just so it's not always the two of you talking about the heaviest stuff. You know, can you guys just go out with multiple people? She hasn't seen anyone besides her boyfriend and her and her kid in however long. Oh man, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah, but you all at the end of the day, it's like you also can only do what you can do. You can only help her as much as you can help her. Like, this isn't on you. And not only that, it's like, maybe we'll see you every Sunday afternoon, but it can't be, because that's an energy drain. I have a friend who has a friend like this, where they're constantly like, I hate myself. I wish I were never born. I wish I wish I was dead. And my friend's always like, no, you're great. You're not a therapist. You're not her mother. I don't know how close you are as sisters. But that also is an echo chamber like her going to you for validation, that's not doing it cumulatively. That's just her feeling bad. So she reaches out to you, not realizing how much it drains you. And there's no way to communicate that without her being like, I guess I'm just a burden. But you should take advantage of the fact that you're related by blood and point blank be like, this is not productive. Here are the ways in which you ignored how bad the situation was and you will repeat it unless we take progressive steps. But I am not game for hearing you tell me how shitty your life is and how bad you are. Mm -hmm. I will be there for you if you want to take positive steps forward. I will go out with you. I will help you look for X, Y, and Z. I will help you paint your house. But no more self-loathing. Let's build you back up. Yeah. Only on Sundays because I'm busy. Just the week. Okay. (laughs) This is long. Sorry. My dad and I have had a rocky relationship since my stepmom started separating him from his family and friends. 
she is always delighted in seeing me disappointed. For example, on my 16th birthday, we were spending the summer in Tokyo, and I said that for my birthday, all I wanted was a special limited edition Lacoste shirt that they were doing with a silver alligator and a pair of diesel jeans. They had a custom... <laughs> all I wanted was a $1,000 wardrobe. What's the big deal? They had a custom diesel jean store in Tokyo, and when it was my birthday... I received zero presents because I was going to get the shirt and the jeans. When we got to each of the stores, my stepmom turned around, smiled the most evil smile, and told me that each of those things were more money than they thought. And that not only would I not be getting them, but I wouldn't be getting anything for my birthday because we as a family went to Tokyo. It wasn't about the money. Why'd you go to the store then? She sounds like the stepmom did it just to say, oh, look, it's too expensive. It is too expensive, (laughs) but ew. It wasn't the money. I come from a family that's incredibly well off. I moved out when we got home. Four years ago, when I moved to Alaska, my stepmom offered to buy us window coverings and a bunch of snow gear for me and my family. After we made to Alaska, I asked my stepmom if there was a specific store she wanted us to pick from. And she told my dad, not only had she never said that, but they had made it up in an attempt to steal money from them. Growing up, she accused me of stealing her things, even though I was a double zero and she was a size 12. She would accuse me of stealing her jeans. She would always find them while I was at my mom's house in her own things. And never once did I get an apology. Things came to a head over COVID when my stepmom told me I am the most evil, manipulative person she has ever come into contact with. I finally told my stepmom and my dad they are not going to talk to me like that anymore or else they're just not going to talk to me. And my dad said, well, I hope we can still have a relationship with your kids. I cut off my relationship with them, but still would facilitate them speaking with my children the two times a year that they want to for five minutes at a time, just to be sure that they see my children open any presents they have sent to be sure I didn't steal any of it, I guess. Honestly, it's so bizarre. The first weekend in May, my wonderful cousin, who is my father's brother's daughter, got married at the Botanical Garden in New York City. Though my father and I have not spoken, when he was visiting my sister, he told her how excited he was to spend time with me in this this could be the reset our relationship needed. The wedding welcome drink. My father stayed on the other side of the room with my stepmom. Finally, after two hours and a few drinks, I decided I would go say hello. I walked over and they both both gave me hugs while we were speaking with another aunt and uncle. Eventually, they wandered off while I was speaking and that was the last time we interacted that night. The next evening at the wedding, we all took the bus that they provided from the hotel to the venue. My dad and stepmom decided to go separately. When we were headed to our seats, the usher told us Rod's side was this way and the groom's side was that way. My brother, husband, and myself- Bride? Said, Do you think the word says, is bride, Emily? It says broadside, all one word. Maybe she's larger. <laughs> the bride side, groom side. My brother- Do you think hu- that the I and the O are next to each other on the keyboard? I just, I was like, oh, is that just a phrase like aft and port and- Maybe. Starboard. Maybe it's a maritime wedding. I was like, could oh, be the broadside. My brother, husband, Star and myself. Bird. <laughs> my brother, husband, and myself decide not to go down the center aisle and be in the background of all the pictures, but instead go to the outside and sit there. So we sit down and my brother okay. starts talking. We see the two people in front of us shoulders go up as if they're scared, like they really had been startled. Turns out it's my dad and stepmom. We were so busy talking, we didn't even notice them. My dad turned around and said, oh, hey. And my brother and I looked at him and said, hey, dad, Hey, Dad. And then he and my stepmom looked at each other and got up and left. They went all oh the way my to God. the groom's side, back corner. 
They sat through the service, stayed in that weird dark corner of the venue, and snuck off before the reception. When they got up and walked away, my brother and I just stared at each other with our jaws on the floor. In my family, everything is about appearances. I come from upstanding members of society, and it has always been more important for what is seen by the public rather than what is really happening. Everyone ended up being incredibly offended, and it was the talk of the wedding. At first, my brother and I felt vindicated that everyone was seeing them for who they actually are, but as the night went on, it really just got kind of sad. For some reason, the idea of my brother and I sitting near my dad and stepmom was so awful that they decided they would rather get up and walk away rather than sit near my brother and I as if we were going to be talking through the ceremony. I unfriended them on social media. I took their numbers out of my phone. Here's the thing, though. Yesterday was my birthday, and my dad texted me, Happy birthday. I hope you have a great day, as if nothing happened. What the fuck is that? Should I respond? Mm -hmm. It's very odd. He hasn't said happy birthday to me in two years. I'm not sure why after the wedding where he couldn't even be near me, why he would text me. And why do I feel bad? Like I should help. Oh boy. Oh man. (sighs) No contact. I'm I'm always reticent to be like, it's blame the stepmom because women always get blamed for men's actions, right? Mm -hmm. Noah always talks about how it's always, oh, like Kendall Jenner dated Devin Booker and that's why it's uh, he messed up a game. It's always this woman ruined this male athlete. No one's ever like, LeBron James is excellent because he has an incredible wife right. helping him out. We never get the good side of it. However, in this case, and I've definitely come across this, the stepmom is jealous. Going back to whenever, however, Reluctant to call her a gold digger without knowing the full context, but she is protective of the money. And she sees you as a threat to that money. She may love your dad, um, but she sees that as theirs and she doesn't want you getting that. And she might think you're a spoiled brat and and you may not be, but this has been going on long enough that she's weird about money. And your dad, as a lot of men, particularly as they get older, just doesn't want to die alone. And a lot of men allow themselves to be run by these types of women because it's easy. You don't have to think about anything and they just deal with everything. And he's just along for the ride. Your dad loves you. Your dad may not be showing it appropriately and you may not be proud of his character, but without her knowing, he sent that text. He is almost like trying to send messages from behind enemy lines not fully grasping. And if you get into the details, he'll be like, oh, that's between you and Sheila, you know? You're remembering all of these moments because these are all moments you are wishing your dad stood up to her and said, we promised her this, here's what we're doing. But she, like the fungus in The Last of Us, has like taken over his brain. Your father is still a grown man, but I do think this is something that happens to some men uh, with second marriages as they get older whatever. What is important here is that you have a tete-a-tete tete with your father. What is important here is that you get to express the things that you want to say without her there because you're hurt and you're not going to be able to ever mend this unless you express to him how you are feeling. And I wouldn't suggest putting it in a letter or an email. I don't know if that woman's going to read it or if he could pass it along to her, it's better to do it verbally. Dad, can we have a FaceTime, just you and I? Can we meet? I don't know if you guys live in the same city. And you say to him, 
I don't feel that I've ever done anything wrong. If I have, I would really, really like to know, like put it on him to cite those examples. And when he isn't able to, you say to him, you know, I was looking forward to seeing you at the wedding and it, I was so hurt that you guys wouldn't even talk to us. And he'll say, no, you're being dramatic. We did talk to you. You know, he's, he's embarrassed right now, probably at his behavior. And when men get embarrassed, they do very weird things. And one of them is completely clam up. But the fact that he's reaching out to say happy birthday is him doing his best in his weird dad way to be like, hey, still thinking of you. You owe it to yourself to express everything, how you're feeling. If you want to write in a letter, at least that way we all have it out in the open. Like here are the things that were done. Try not to get too pedantic about it. I know for this podcast, you did it in context, but nobody wants to get bogged down with details. You could even make it less about the stepmom and more about like, I want a relationship with you and I don't want anything to stand in the way of that. Right, it wasn't just the stepmom that got up and moved. It was her dad who got up and moved away from her when she sat near him. That's yeah, crazy. And you can ask him, be like, say, why did you do that? And his answer will be either I don't know because he doesn't or, well, she said that we should move. And then you can say- have I ever, you can ask him, like, have I ever done anything to you or to her to, for you guys to treat me like this? Like, this hurts so much. You have to be vulnerable in putting it out there. First of all, you will feel better. Your mental load will be lightened because you have said everything. You're not just stuffing it away in various corners of your mind. And it's all out there. The truth will set you free. But if he doesn't have an answer for you or he doesn't have an answer that's sufficient, your mental load can also be lightened by going no contact with him and just being like, if you don't like me, like, I'm not going to sit here. He wants to say, she said that they're very concerned about looks. If he wants to sit there and say, oh, I talked to my daughter every year on her birthday, just so he can say it, you'll be able to sense that. And that's not the relationship you want. Yeah. But he could also say it and not talk to you. And if you're concerned about looks, just know that the whole wedding was talking about how weird that was. Yeah. Yeah. This is not about who did what, who bought who what. This is not about anything other than you coming to a place where you can feel better. Yeah. And we all, you know, it doesn't sound like your dad is abusive or a bad person. He just sounds like he's a guy who's getting older, easily manipulated. You need to be heard so that you can either forge a path or be okay with no contact. Right. Not this like weird band-aid of no contact, passive aggressive behavior, but then he like still reaches out to you because that's not no contact. That's him dictating when you will be contacted and it wrecks your day. Mm -hmm. You need to get to a place where it doesn't floor you emotionally. Yeah. I'm, I'm really sorry. That's awful. Yeah. It's just so and, you know, obvious. Yeah. If you really want to get things going, you could have them both on Skype and just be like, have I ever done it? Like let her spin. But I don't think you want to do that. No. And even if, even if it comes out, that she is a liar. I, your dad knows this stuff, by the way. He's just letting girls do the girl thing. Like your stepmom created this friction. Maybe you have been difficult. Who knows? Maybe you did ask for stuff and it is enough. And it is, and maybe you do have, other, who knows? Who knows why she views you that way? But you're almost not even interested because what you want is a relationship with your dad. Mm -hmm. She's just gonna have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. Hi, Liza and Emily. I've listened to every AIA episode and have become a learned student of the tenets of Eliza. And I'm usually able to use her teachings to navigate situations on my own. 
but I'm finally cashing in my AIA question voucher for this difficult situation. (laughs) I am a 33-year-old female law librarian at a large firm. Last year, I became friends with a 49-year-old female attorney in my office who was moving to my neighborhood in downtown San Francisco and also goes to the same Barry's Boot Camp studio I go to. I was excited to have a new friend in my neighborhood, and we started walking to Barry's together. Neither of us has a car every Saturday morning to take classes with our mutual favorite instructor. However, she, the attorney, soon became extremely clingy, texting me at all hours, constantly wanting to make plans, and meanwhile being extremely toxic, negative, and egocentric. Every word out of her mouth is a complaint about something in her life or at work, and she has no concept of allowing other people to be the subject or choose the subject of conversation. She spends the entire walk to slash from berries complaining about berries and other things that victimize her, and it frankly ruins the experience for me because I love my Saturday berries classes and the specific instructor and time slot I go to. This feels like an ad for Barry's boot camp. <laughs> I stopped responding to her texts a while back started going to a new 7 a.m. time slot with our favorite instructor because I knew it would be too early for her, and I thought she got the hint. However, she has recently barged back into my life, offering to give me her expensive Barry's credits so we can go together and saying she can now make it to the 7 a.m. class. Give me oh, the hierarchy. No. <laughs> it's bad enough you were going to Barry's boot camp. It's 7 a.m. bad enough you're doing deadlifts and lunges on a Saturday morning early. <laughs> oh, no! Given the hierarchy in law offices, I don't want to create any tension with her, but I am not interested in any kind of personal relationship with her. I enjoy my Saturday AM class and shouldn't have to change when or where I go to Barry's just to avoid her toxicity. I also don't want to lie or ghost her again to avoid walking with her. Her building is on my way to Barry's, so there's no way to avoid her otherwise, i.e. any other route wouldn't make sense. And anyway, she always texts beforehand to coordinate meeting up. I should also mention she is good friends with my boss and is an absolute snake. So I'm worried she will sabotage me if I really ruffle her feathers. She is single and doesn't really have any other friends in San Francisco, hence why she's clinging to me. How do I get this person out of my personal life and away from my precious workout time without causing issues at work or hurting my reputation? Thanks, Courtney. And a little extra context. Historically, I respond in a friendly vaguely supportive way to all of her whining because there's no way to reason with her or I just say nothing. She thinks she has the worst life and everyone is out to get her. Since she's 16 years older than me, an unsolicited come to Jesus talk would not land well and frankly, I'm not interested in helping her transform into a bearable person. Now, Courtney, I wasn't going to give my standard come to Jesus advice. (laughs) Nice try. Why'd you even come here? Uh, That's so rough because... Because you can't avoid her. It's not like you just see her at work Mm -hmm. and you shouldn't have to give up the thing that you love. Can you, do you have other friends that you do this horrific workout with? Sounds like no. Do you have other friends you do this medieval workout with? I'm like such a snob. I'm like, I use the reformer. Um, I'd probably die in a boot camp. I have no cardio stamina. Because that would be one thing if you could be walking with a very good friend and you introduce whatever her name is, Maeve, to this and and she starts to get negative and you and your friend like just keep the conversation going because obviously she doesn't pick up on social cues and you're not interested you're right and being like well why do you think that oh that's so rough this is so what tough. would i do 
This is so it's tough so because tough. she's friends with the boss. You know with all the shit talking she does that if you piss her off, she will be like, ugh, that girl. Like you just know yeah. it. You basically but, have to get a new job at a new home to truly extricate yourself, but obviously you're not going to do that. Yeah, if this were a movie, you would like set her up with some dude that you paid to date her. <laughs> I mean, it's sad because she likes you. Like you might be her or only friend. Or you tolerate and, her and that you're the only one. Yeah, either get another friend to go with you or just kiss your morning routine goodbye. Or you can just be honest and be like, I actually am trying to, I'm going through something, so I just need to be alone. <laughs> you could just not answer. I mean, first of all, here's, no one's going to like this, but she's 16 years older. So you can always be like, I didn't see the text, new phone, who this? God, I'm really trying to think about what I would do. I know this because is the most in LA, I've ever felt. <laughs> I yeah, that's a tough one because usually when someone is bothering me and I don't want to make a plan, I just don't write back. Yeah. A behavior I've learned from other shitty people. Didn't see it, didn't write back. It's tough because you already I'm like validating how shitty this is because you already have this pattern. So she can't be like, what do you mean you didn't see it? You can see. <sighs> Say, I feel like I need to ask a boy's opinion. Can you get because really into girl, I'm like, like, how can I lie? Can you get really into like, oh, I'm listening to this really great podcast while <laughs> I walk over or say, not our podcast, but like, oh, I'm listening to an audiobook, like something that would preclude you from talking to her. Like, oh, we can walk over together. Should we get Noah's opinion? Well, uh, you log all the information. You make a... Uh, like the way, like the way you would fire somebody in a professional oh. setting in California with labor laws, you have to like have a trail of information. So you have to like explain this, put it in writing somewhere, dated, so that you know what's happened. It's like I'm afraid of this, but I don't want to have this part of my life. And then you have your paper trail, so that when you say this to them, you say, "Listen, I think I want to have my alone time. I don't want to do this with you. It's it doesn't feel like." the way that I want to be spending my mornings. I like having whatever you, whatever fucking bullshit answer you say for yourself. Uh, that's but not you, bullshit. That's very honest. Yeah, but I want to have time for myself or whatever it is. And then you say that. And then if anything starts happening at work that starts changing anything, you clock it, you log it, and you just start. And then you can have uh, wrongful workplace issues. Okay, for sure. Yeah. And that's a very if you're rational. worried about it happening before it happens, then keep track of it so that you can then use it uh, later. The girl answers like, can you get a body double and then lie about having cancer and fake your own death? If you had a friend, like if Ray all of a sudden was even more negative and every time he came over, he just like shit on everything in every movie. Like, would you just stop talking to him? Would you be like, hey, dude. I'm out on him because he's my friend and we talk about it. Uh, Maybe that's the key. You're like, hey, because- well, mm. they are. You should they say, hey, because we're friends, friendly. I just want to tell you, you have a really negative outlook. It's so uncomfortable for you to say that. You're not going to change her, but maybe she'll be like, yeah, I know it's a trauma response. Like, what if you do and you unlock like a really great person? Yep. And if she says no, then you're clearly right. But I think there's <laughs> nothing wrong with like, when she's like, where are we going? You just be like, I think I want to do it alone. I find that it's much more meditative for me, but I'll see you there. Wait. Okay, yeah. Just say to her, be like, you hate this. Why do you do it? 
Right, but I think that paper trail is a good idea just for in case she goes to the boss. You've got to have that stuff going. Do that, but this is, but in just dealing with, why can't we walk together? I changed my class. I remember we had a customers at an old restaurant that's no longer there and they would come once a week and complain about everything. This (laughs) is bad. This is wrong. Here's how you should do it. And finally, the owner walked up to the menu and goes, why do you come here? Don't come anymore. All you do is complain. You hate it. And they went, what do you mean? We love this restaurant. Like that's like- that, My parents. Yeah, you're the person that they can complain to all day and they love doing it. But if they knew that it made you miserable, maybe. Yeah. maybe that's what she likes about it. Also, fake your own death and move away. There you go. Fake your own death, live hard. I Thank definitely you. think there is something to to stopping because this is probably the way she is. And she's, I mean, I love complaining. I mean, this whole podcast is based on like cringing at negative things, but because it's fun. And if someone said, you know, you could just say to her, you complain about it a lot. If you don't like it, don't go. Some people, this is just their mode. I call myself out on it a lot. I'm like, wow, you always have something negative. And I try to make it funny, but it comes from a weird place, perhaps of not knowing how to relate to someone. But you're not interested in being friends with her anyway. Yeah. Take from all of this what you will, but definitely do the paper trail thing because you're what you're most worried about is your job. Paper and just trail. just keep deflecting. Paper trail, honesty. Honesty doesn't work. Then you start paper trail and then you say, oh, you know, you're negative. Why? Da, da, da. And then if that doesn't work and she just continues to be a jerk, that's when you're like, okay, we're done. And then if she gets you in trouble, you've got your paper trail. And do the LA deflect. Sorry, I didn't see the text. Oh, I had... Oh, how come you're at this class? I thought you were going to the earlier one. Yeah, last minute plans. Like, you're busy. Yeah. You're busy and you're flaky. Yeah. You'd be like, I was sorry. I was so busy being young. Oh, My phone died, even though I'm texting you on it. Top of the cob. I beat you to it. It's the top of the cob. We're doing it right. Every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cob. I'll start with my bottom of the cob. Okay. My bottom of the cob is in trying to soothe my daughter to sleep. Last night, I shut the door to her room and I'm in there with her and it was a horrible night's sleep, in and out of sleep, whatever. The dog always sleeps with me. Any room I go to, the dog goes with me. I walked out this morning of the bedroom and at the door was oh, a little no. toy, like a little stuffed shrimp, meaning Tianfu had been at the door Curled probably up. crying and I never heard it. And she just left her, like I just see a little stuffed shrimp. She was just like, oh, well, I guess my mom doesn't like me. Like that's, leaving a little, like she was here. <laughs> broke my heart. That's so awful. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Okay. Our fan bottom of the cob is really good. I have a bottom of the cob. When you're trying to send an email or note to yourself about someone and you actually send it to that person instead. One of my oh. clients sent me an email saying, tell Jesse to, and then there was a very fast reply saying, sorry. Thankfully, it was nothing awkward, but I felt it in my bones then and feel cold typing it again. I've done this before and it feels so bad. Jesse in Portland, I've got a front row seat for November. That feeling of thinking that that you've messaged someone or knowing Mm -hmm. that you have is so horrible. That bone chilling feeling is awful. Yeah. Yep. you, You can feel your bowels voiding themselves. Yeah. My bottom of the cup is I'm worried my mailman doesn't like me anymore because I've been getting too much, too much big mail, too much packages. And he used to like (sighs) ring the doorbell and be like, hi, 
But now he like throws it at my porch and runs and I feel bad. I wonder if I'm like on his route. He's like, oh, Emily's getting more boxes. You need more friends and uh, <laughs> this is his job. Leave him some brownies. All will be well. Okay. That sounds dangerous for him. My, my <laughs> you're like, should I put more fish or even more fish? My top of the cob is when you do anything, whether it's a workout or a podcast or something where you don't have your phone and then you come back to your phone and there's like brrr, like a ton of texts and emails. I do think your phone, whether it's your cellular provider or the internet in general, I don't know. I think they hoard the messages because it's like, how is it that all these people just wrote it once and then no one in the middle of the day? But I also think everyone has coffee and takes a dump at the same time. But I just looked at my phone and I have like 15 texts and I was like, great. I have a purpose for the next five minutes. <laughs> that is I love weird. it. I love it. They will come in at the same time. I do think sometimes it'll get like caught up yeah. in the clouds. Because then you'll get like yep. texts from two very disparate people and you're like, you did not text me at the same time. Yeah, something's going on. Our fan top of the cob. Hi, friends. My top of the cob is my ability to use my talent for good. I'm an esthetician. And one of my regular clients who was going through a tough time after having twins came in for a facial, her first form of self-care since they were born. And I gave it to her for free. She cried. I cried. Feeling Aww. very grateful at the moment. Katie. That's very nice. That's incredible. That's a big service to give away for free. Very nice. My my top of the cob is, ooh, I love looking at little furniture, little doll furniture and little toddler furniture and wondering, can I buy this for my cats? Can they sit here? <laughs> Ever since I got that toddler recliner, I had a hankering. I'm having a toddler couch delivered today, and that's what I'm worried about. It's coming from Amazon, and I'm scared if my mailman is the one that delivers it, he's going to be double mad at me. <laughs> well, I got a toddler bed that I can sell you at cost <laughs> since my daughter doesn't want it. Uh, I get that. I would look at kid clothes and be like, can Blanche wear this? The answer is no. There's no cutout for the tail on a kid's outfit. You have to do it yourself. <laughs> Folks, that's the show. I'm not going to remind you to leave a review, but I will remind you to buy tickets to come see me stateside at the Hard Feelings Tour. We've got some hot merch coming out. And come see me in Europe. Also, if you are in Tokyo, to the six of you listening, get your tickets to see me at Yamano Hall this July. And remember... Popcorn is great, but I love eating it out of my Fast and Furious popcorn container shaped like Dominic Toretto's charger. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.